humbling moment for me again of just being in surrender to what I was experiencing and allowing it to be okay and mm -hmm. not needing to push through it or push past it, but just be with it. And we talked about this in, in our last show too, but I think that's so much of what healing is, is just being willing to be with yourself through whatever it is that you're experiencing and letting that be okay. And knowing yeah. that healing is not logical, it's not linear, and you're gonna try different things and some of them are gonna work and some of them are not. And there's no, um, there's no playbook for how long it takes at all. And you just need to keep walking through it one step at a time. Hi everyone, and welcome back to the Eat Real to Heal podcast, where I am your host, Nicolette Richet. On today's show, we have a returning guest, and that is Bonnie Coberly. And Bonnie is this incredible woman that I wanted to have on our show because of the fact, and I know that this is quite selfish, but it's because she's kind of walked the path ahead of me. She's an entrepreneur and she was running a crazy business, an amazing business, making fresh food for people and delivering it. So she had a food delivery business. We have the green mustache and it is a lot of work to prepare healthy, real food for people and to deliver it to the 150,000 people that we serve every single year. It's a lot of work. And when you're in it and you're doing good work in the world, Sometimes you forget that even when you're doing really good work and it's fun and exciting to get out of bed in the morning, it's also very stressful on your immune system, on your body, on your mind, on your heart, on your soul, and it can really take a toll on you. Now, Bonnie's story is a little bit different in that she had suffered from gut health issues well before she ever started her business. And the reason I love sharing her story with the world is because she is typical of a lot of people, especially millennials in the world. So if you're in that category, that age group, where you were born into the world being exposed to glyphosate starting from like 1986, where you were eating the standard American diet, where you, your parents had grown up, um, you know, really thinking packaged processed food was the convenient healthy food instead of realizing it that it was so refined and processed and unhealthy, coupled with the pesticide usage and all the vaccinations and really truly the unhealthy lifestyle. Then, I mean, if you're a millennial, you really didn't stand a chance of having a healthy gut lining and building a strong immune system. Now, take that and then do what Bonnie did where she launched into a business. If you can remember from our previous show that we did with Bonnie, where she really explains how she got into that business, found out her business partner was really stealing money out of the company and where, you know, things got crazy and she had to save her business, build it back up again and then sell it. But how that coupled with already an unhealthy, not strong or resilient immune system and poor gut health, which affects your brain health, well, it didn't leave her in a good place. So we pick up the story from when Bonnie sells her business, but what happens after that? And the story is 
it, it's amazing what she had to go through from shingles outbreak, moving across the country and really having to reinvent not just her body, really have to rebuild it one cell at a time and what she did to do that, but also what it meant to rebuild her life on the other side of the country. And it's really remarkable where she has landed today and not necessarily landed, but she's built a strong foundation and built her life up the way that she wants it. And this is something that every single person who listens to this show can do. You all can do what Bonnie has done. And she lays out the roadmap for that. She gives you all of the tools and resources that you need. And then basically we leave it up to you to take those tools and resources and turn your health and your life around today. So that's why I am so excited to welcome Bonnie to the show. She is a business coach. She works with entrepreneurs. She hosts groups and workshops and retreats to teach you these things, as well as she's a private coach as well. So you can work with her one-on-one. -on -one. Now, I have to say that Bonnie's breathwork um, practice has helped me tremendously through COVID. I've been using it in addition to Deepak Chopra's 21 Days of Abundance Meditation and Journaling Practice. This has helped to keep me strong through these crazy COVID days. And this podcast also introduces um, different tools and techniques that you can use to support yourself you know, even if you didn't have those tools and techniques over the last eight weeks to 10 weeks of this COVID craziness that we've been through, you can start implementing them today. It is never too late. Now, the world is opening up. And with that, life is going to be different. It's not going to be anything that we've ever known before. So again, it's important to listen to this podcast, learn from Bonnie's story, and start to implement the techniques and tools that she has because they can really, like they did for herself, save a life. So let's jump into the show with Bonnie. And you know what to do. Share this podcast with your friends and family, colleagues, coworkers, neighbors, um, anyone, everybody, your children, your grandparents. You can never predict who's going to benefit from something that you share um, this information with. For example, one of the Deepak Chopra's uh, challenges in the 21 Days of Abundance was that we had to create a group and have them engage in 21 days of abundance. And so many things came up for me. For example, well, you know, people are gonna think it's hokey and you know, there's no way my mom's gonna do it. She's never meditated in her life. She's never journaled in her life. She's just gonna think I'm a wacky person who's, you know, up to no good. Then I started thinking about some other people and I was like, well, I don't wanna invite them in. They don't care about stuff like this um, and they don't deserve it because they've been, X, Y, and Z to me in my life. And it was fascinating how all of these different saboteurs and, um, and uh, I was self-sabotaging too in a way because I wasn't allowing myself to be of service to these people around me. So once I stopped the judging, judging of others as well as judging of myself, once I let my insecurities go out the door, I was able to create this, these groups. I actually have five groups going now. And it's been beautiful because 
people are getting so much out of it and they write to me and say, thank you so much for including me in this group and sharing this information. You have no idea how this came to me at such the perfect time in my life when I needed it more than ever. And so you can never know what somebody is searching for and that you might actually have the answer. And it could be something as simple as pressing the little up arrow, sharing this particular podcast with that person in your life, and it can literally change their life or maybe even save it. So please share this podcast with everyone and anyone. It's a wonderful way to get stories of healing and courage and health out into the world. So go do your work, listen to this podcast, be of service to others and press share. Thanks so much for being here. We'll see you at the end of the podcast. Hi everyone. And welcome back to the eat real to heal podcast where I am your host, Nicolette Richet. And on today's show, we have the beautiful Bonnie Coberly, who is back with us. You may have remembered her from our first podcast that we did a few months ago. We're going to have the links on the show notes there, but I highly encourage you to listen to that episode because this is a continuation of Bonnie's amazing journey through founding her business and all the trials and tribulations that she went through. And now we're picking up where we left off. So welcome back to the show, Bonnie. Thank you. Thank you for having me back. It is uh, wonderful to be with you during this time in history. We are right in the throes of you know, governments around the world making decisions about what to do. Finally, it looks like most governments are actually saying, you know, it's time to lock up shop and it's time to isolate to protect the vulnerable. And so in this time of intense amounts of unknown and stress, it kind of fits in very well with what we're going to be talking about with you. Because when you ended up um, selling your company, then there was burnout that happened. Mm-hmm. And that's where we are picking up today. So let's, if you, you could just recap your, what we covered in the last podcast, you know, very simply, just so for those who aren't able to go back or aren't going to go back and listen to the first episode, they have an idea of where you came from and now mm. where we are going. Yeah, sure. Um, yeah, let me see how I try to do it as distinctly as I can. Um, we chatted, we covered a lot of ground in the last podcast and it was really great for me to have a chance to share some of that because you were the first person that I'd actually really publicly shared any of that story with. Um, so it was very healing for me to do it as well. Mm. Um, so thank you for that opportunity. Um, but yeah, we talked a lot uh, in the last podcast I shared about my journey uh, healing a severe digestive disorder, which led me to begin a health coaching practice, which then inspired me to start an organic prepared meal delivery service um, in 2009 to better help and support my clients who were trying to eat healthy, you know, kind of well before the meal delivery craze started. And getting into that journey of entrepreneurship and going through literally I think just about every challenge, you know, totally um, my, uh, my hero's journey of entrepreneurship, which just started from figuring out that company, getting it off the ground, um, going into business with the wrong person, nearly going bankrupt and living on the edge of bankruptcy for 
the better part of four and a half years and getting myself through that experience with just sheer resilience grounded in the deepest and truest uh, form of all of my self-care practices that I had ever experienced in my life and, and really starting to understand that self-care is the absolute foundation of of your life and the way that you take care of yourself affects everybody around you. Mm -hmm. And so I learned so many things in that process of taking care of myself through that really, really difficult time and dealing with really severe depression and anxiety and, you know, working through those things and having to show up every day and function at a really high level as a CEO of a growing company and trying not to fall apart, you know, during that time. And so the, you know, the good news is there with the happy ending to that story that I got through it. Um, I got to the other side and, and was able to actually sell that company in 2015 and then moved to San Francisco, which had been a lifelong dream of mine to join my husband who had been out here for uh, about a year. So that's kind of the quickest, I think, recap that I can, can offer. I hope that does it some justice, but at least gives some context. Well, it does. And I mean, I encourage everybody to go back because the we got to dive into all the details of what that looked like to be a CEO, you know, that started a company, grew a company. Um, and, you know, and also to just even going, I think, before that, you know, discovering, you know, in university that you had all these digestive issues um, and then trying to navigate that world and gather on all the information. And what I loved about your story is that it's a story that so many people can relate to because 99% of my clients have lived with digestive issues for so such a big part of their lives, but never once thought that it was anything in their control. They were just like, well, I'm just someone who has digestive issues mm -hmm. and I'm going to have to live with these, you know, stomach pains and all of the other um, symptoms that come with that. And then, you know, not recognizing how that, um, the pain that's in the gut, how that affects the brain. So then it creates mm -hmm. pain in the brain. And then when the pain in the brain, how does that affect your life overall? And then to go through and discover you know, that you don't have to live with that, that you can change that. And then of course, you know, the part about being a CEO and, you know, small businesses drive the world, medium-sized businesses um, also drive the world. And, but there's a lot of CEOs out there who are living and operating at uh, a, a less than optimal um, performance level, mm -hmm. let's say, because mm -hmm. they are so weighed down by their digestive issues, mental health issues, um, that are truly something that we can really get a hold on and we can turn it around as, as you have shown. And then of course, you know, what does that look like to be a CEO with all of that? And then also trying to apply all of the tools that are available to us, right? Mm -hmm. But what does that look like to truly apply them? And that's what I'm super excited about to cover in this show, because I think right now, today, people need that more than ever, because they're going to be able to apply everything that you are about to talk about to their own lives today with this COVID-19, you know, pandemic, not epidemic, mm -hmm. but pandemic. Um, and a lot of people may not be yet feeling the stress from it because right now they're in survival mode and coping yeah. mode. But in a couple days from now, in a couple weeks from now, and definitely once this is all over, I anticipate there's going to be 
thousands of people around the globe who are going to be experiencing burnout the way you felt it after you yeah. sold your business. Yeah. 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 I agree. I mean, nervous, everybody's nervous system right now. I think I could probably safely say everybody to some degree is in fight or flight. I mean, yeah. we're all really feeling this collective anxiety and panic in some ways. And it takes a lot of discipline not to go get sucked down the rabbit hole of the news and, and not to just really get to get sucked into that orbit um, and to take really, really just incredibly good care of ourselves right now. It's really a moment for radical self-care if there ever was one. So, yeah. 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 No, I agree. Um, so take us back to you selling your business. So you sold your business and were you anticipating that it's like, okay, great. That big, massive stress is gone. Now I'm going to be fine. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and that's not I, what happened. Um, I, you know, there was, there was, uh, it's not what happened. Um, there certainly was a tremendous amount of relief once the sort of day-to-day -day experience of running that company was over. You know, I felt in so many levels, like I really got so much of my life back, certainly a lot of my time back. But, you know, when you sell a company, it doesn't, it doesn't just end the day you close your doors. There was really like two years of work with my, my tax attorney and my accountants, like closing out those companies as you, for anyone who listened to my, you know, my story in the last episode, I had a lot of tax issues in that business, which were a big part of the financial stress that I was under. Um, and just, there's so much to do. There's all these accounts to close and all the things, you know, where it just kind of went on and on and on. And I'm like, God, does this, does it ever end? You know, when does this, when does this story end? Um, so yeah, there was a, there were just a lot of things to do that really, that remained pretty stressful for a long time. And, and I also, um, I, I basically moved in with a friend for a month after I sold my business. Um, my husband was living in California and we had renters moving into our house and so there was like a transition period and then I moved to San Francisco and then I thought, you know, I'm going to get to San Francisco. I'm going to unpack my house. And I mean, I had like me being just the like kind of type A overachiever who had been in the just like the hyper grind mode for so many years. I had like a list of like 29 things, you know, like I'm going to read this book and I'm going to go through the whole artist's way. And I like, you know, I had packed like my whole schedule planned out with just all the things I was going to kind of accomplish of like my personal stuff that for so many years I hadn't had an opportunity to, um, to do and to pay attention to and to dive into. So um, that's what I thought was going to happen when I arrived in San Francisco. And, and basically what happened is that I spent about a month just kind of landing and getting myself grounded and un unpacking our, our house um, and our new apartment. And literally the day after I unpacked the very last box in our apartment was like, okay, to do, you know, personal to do list. Here I come. I, I went to uh, the bathroom that morning and I was like, that's a strange feeling. 
And then the next day I was like, what is that spot on my sacrum that looked like a bug bite almost or something? And then fast forward another day, it was very clear that I had some, I thought I had a blood infection. I had, you know, like lesions on my skin. I had no idea what was happening to me and went to the doctor and found out I had shingles. I had started and activated at the base of my sacrum. And for anybody who's had it or knows anything about it, it follows a nerve path, usually on one side of your body. And so for me, I had nerve pain shooting down the whole left side of my body. So every time I took a step, I was just in excruciating pain. <laughs> so when I got diagnosed with shingles, I was like, wait, I thought this was an old piece, you know, an old people disease. I thought this is like something your grandparents get. And they were like, no, if your immune system is compromised, um, like what's been going on in your life? And basically, you know, I had been running a thousand miles an hour for seven years straight. And so the moment that my body knew that I had an opportunity to stop, even though my brain was like, we're moving on to the next things, my body was like, no, we're done here you are going to sit down. You literally can't even walk. Um, so I spent, a, I spent a couple of weeks on the couch, just, just in surrender really to the experience of it. Now that's, um, I mean, everybody knows this story with themselves, like whether you were in school preparing, you know, through the semester with all your assignments and then exam time comes and the minute you write your last exam, it's like, pow, you get hit by a mm -hmm. massive flu and, you know, or it, it doesn't matter what it is. It's when we go, go, go and our adrenaline and cortisol are able to like support us, right? So they're like fighting so hard to keep our immune system going so that you can get through whatever the crisis, you know, that we need to get through. But then the minute the crisis is over, that's when all those hormones shut off and then your immune system is just left wide open, mm -hmm. like wide, wide open. And, um, and it's interesting every time I do like the last podcast that I did with you too. And I'm like, Oh man, this one hits home for me so oh. hard because it's been, you know, six and a half years of building my business and growing my business. And I'm like, and I feel it like, I'm like, Oh my gosh, I know it. It feels like exam time, mm -hmm. you know? And then now with this, you know, COVID on top of everything, uh, top of like leveraging, I'm just like, here we are, Nikki. So it's where I like it's actually perfect timing for us to have mm. this podcast. It's almost like I'm getting a session out of you, but mm. it's, you know, it's, but everybody <laughs> needs to know this information because the thing I've kept telling myself is I know better, right? Like I'm someone who knows better, but I don't necessarily practice the things that I know. So how do we pepper our life, our day-to-day chaotic life of running businesses and families and all of that with all the things that we need to do so that we don't have to arrive at that place. Mm. And so that's the part I'm super curious about, but I don't want to go there yet yeah. because I want to get back onto the couch with you. Mm. <laughs> and, and now when that happened, did you recognize it as what it was that it's like your body's been hit or were you like in your mind being like, why me? Why is this happening? Because uh. I know that that is often the, the, that thinking path that a lot of people will go down. Yeah. Yeah. That's a very, um, that's a very good point. And for me, I immediately, rec I knew, I mean, I just knew I, I've, I knew that my body was really exhausted 
expected and that it that this was an indicator that I needed some serious serious downtime and rest and I really believe any any physical symptom we're experiencing in our body is a communication from our body that something is out of balance right yeah. and so it's not about being a victim. It's about um, kind of like just being an investigator of like, what is this symptom trying to show me? And what, it, what does my body need right now? And it was very clear, you know, I'm like, my body just put my ass on the couch for 10 days and was like, you're not even walking. Um, my husband, he fashioned, a, he got one of my hiking sticks out and put like a wine cork on the bottom, you know, so it wouldn't scruff up the floor. And we kind of joke like, this is going to be me as a 90 year old woman, but you're getting to see it when I'm, you know, I think I was 37 at that time. Um, but I really, I really saw that I was in, you know, a bit of a resistance because again, the 29 things on the to-do list that I was excited to do, but I just said, okay, I can resist it or I can surrender to it and I can and I can just really connect with what this is trying to teach me and everything that has kind of transpired since then that was kind of the beginning of this this deep learning and teaching around the the true importance of slowing down mm -hmm. and giving ourselves an opportunity to rest I mean you really create through rest. If you don't give yourself an opportunity to rest, you will burn out. It is a guaranteed fact that it will happen eventually. So um, it was uh, it was kind of an initiation, I guess, into the the experience that I went through after that, healing my burnout, and now the work that I do with others and teaching them how to slow down and rest and some of these tools just support their body and the immune system and nervous system while they're mm -hmm. doing that. Yeah, I love that. And it's interesting because I think just that in what you just captured there, and I just really want to repeat it for people in case they missed it, what Bonnie just said, but when you're in that state and your body is responding to whatever's happening, it's a perfect time to to stop and say, why is it happening? To ask yourself, like, what is it that you are here to teach me? Because your body is a messenger right? It will always, always, always tell you the truth of what is going on. Um, and we just need to pay attention to it. And I think that it's so easy for us to, well, number one, I think, you know, people will grab the Tylenol, they'll grab the cold medication, they'll grab the cough suppressant, they'll grab the, you know, fever suppressant, they'll grab anything and everything, the pain meds, the sleeping meds, the, you know, anything to be able to um, wipe out those those messengers that are there clearly speaking to you. And when you do that, then you're not going to receive that message, right? You're just going to keep plowing through, plowing through until, you know, and then people end up saying like, I get this all the time and I don't know if you do as well, but people will say, I don't understand. Like, why did I have a heart attack? Like, I don't get it. Or else they'll say, you know, I don't get why I've just been diagnosed with cancer. I don't get why, um, you know, I just got diagnosed with this disease. And when we go through their health history, it's easy to see this patterning because we know these diseases are lifestyle diseases. And if it's a lifestyle diseases, you're choosing the life that you have. So it's not to say I'm blaming you for your illness but we do have to take responsibility that the decisions that we make every single day will eventually 
create a healthy environment or not create a healthy environment or create a healthy body or not create a healthy body. And mm -hmm. it's really important for people to see that because I think I know for the majority of people out there, they disregard their body as being, I don't know, something that's other, like something that is not of them when it right. actually, it's you. Yeah. And you are right. responsible for it. So yeah. when you, that messenger shows up, I think it's really important to stop and say, hey, why are you here? Yes, absolutely. Yeah, and I love it. You said, um, forget exactly how you said it, but you know, our body, our body is, it's part of us. And sometimes I think we're just like, oh, body, you're in service to me. I'm just going to tell you what to do and you're going to do it. But it's like, it's a, it's a co-creative relationship, your body and the way you treat it, you're in service of each other. And, um, it's a, it's a deep relationship of, of care mm -hmm. and acknowledging what it needs. Exactly. The other thing too that you said um, that really stood out to me was the list that you had. Um, mm. And I think, so the list that you had though, where it's, it's a beautiful list, right? It's like mm -hmm. all the things that I've been wanting to do that I haven't been able to do. It's not like you're saying, I'm going to go build a business or I'm going right. to go hike Kilimanjaro or, you know, like it's, I'm going to do the artist way. And for people who don't know what the artist way is, I have the artist way sitting right up mm -hmm. here on my bookshelf. And that's been on my list for years to be like, Nikki, just actually get through the whole book, like just yeah. commit to it. But I also have that on my list with do yoga every day, meditate every mm -hmm. day, go running every day. Like, and all the things that I have are in service of my health. But as I think, and I've never thought of myself as a type A personality, but for sure, I like it's in there with all my other types. And um, it's probably more dominant that side of me. And so I have a lot of health inducing things on my to-do list, but my, uh -huh. when you said your to-do list was 29, I'm like, that's it. Like, I thought you were going to say a hundred and twenty. Probably more, but I'm like embarrassed to admit <laughs> how many things were actually on it. Yeah. Exactly. But yeah. that's a, that's, that's a part that just made me kind of giggle to myself because I would create that same type of list. It's a good list. It's a solid list. It's all about inducing health, but at the same time, do we need 29 things? Exactly. on there. What if we were just to meditate that you only had your one thing on your list? Yeah. Right. right. Or just to walk or just mm -hmm. to breathe or just mm -hmm. to whatever it is. Yeah. So anyway, I thought I'd just yeah. throw that in there because I think yeah. it's important for, and there's a lot of achievers out there that want to do all the things and we keep taking all the, all this information from all these amazing people like Wim Hof, like let's yeah. Wim Hof breathe, let's do transcendental meditation, let's do, you know, whatever it is. But I mean, there's so much out there that we could be doing. And I think the most important thing is that we, we choose one thing and we do it well Yeah. when it comes yeah. to our health. Absolutely. Yeah. So let's dive back into your story. So you're on your couch, you're walking around the house, you're walking uh -huh. sticks like you're a 90 year old. So wh what happened throughout, like what happened next for you then? Yeah. So, you know, I, I got through the, you know, the difficult part of that. I started to heal and um, I basically, you know, I, it was a really frustrating process for me once the, you know, once the physical like parts on my skin healed up, um, the nerve pain was still there for a long time. Um, it was so bad. In fact, I had to go back to my doctor and just be like, what else can you do for me? You know, and I'm not the type of person I'm, I know medication, like I was very, I would not have gone through that without my antiviral medications and you know, yeah. to heal that. Um, 
which was also humbling for me because I'm always the type of person that's like, what's the natural way to do this? What's, how do I get my body back into balance? But when you get so out of balance, you got to do what you got to do to get back into balance. And so, you know, it was like the first time in my life that I was even seeking out, I didn't want to take pain medication, but I didn't know what to do. I was in so much physical pain. Um, and so I did that for a while, actually took some additional pain medications. I eased back into my yoga practice to the degree that I could. There were a lot of things that I couldn't do. My practice was totally different. I had to be so gentle with myself. You know, I had had this very athletic power yoga practice and suddenly I'm like, I can't get through a gentle kind of vinyasa class without being in pain. And so again, it was really all part of this experience of, of getting out of that sort of, even in my yoga, sort of like overachieving kind of mindset of like, this is how yoga looks. This is how going for a hike looks where you know, we would go hike the big mountain, maybe not Kilimanjaro, but you know, we would go for a long hike and we would summit something and come down. I was like, I can't do that right now. My body is not physically able to do that. And so it's really, it was, hum it was a humbling moment for me again, of just being in surrender to what I was experiencing and allowing it to be okay and mm -hmm. not needing to push through it or push past it, but just be with it. And we talked about this in, in our last show too, but I think that's so much of what healing is, is just being willing to be with yourself through whatever it is that you're experiencing and letting that be okay. And knowing yeah. that healing is not logical, it's not linear, and you're going to try different things and some of them are going to work and some of them are not. And there's no, um, there's no playbook for how long it takes at all. And you just need to keep walking through it one step at a time. Yeah. And I love what you said about that too, is that, um, you know, how going to a yoga class and you you actually were more in our mind. We're thinking about more like how it's supposed to look and mm -hmm. as opposed to, you know, how is it supposed to feel? And that is a big thing that came up with me working with my coach um, and business coaches. She recognized that pattern. She's like, you know, Nikki, you, you charge through life doing everything you're doing. And, you know, I'm very analytical and logical. And so therefore that's the approach that I take. And I don't ever stop to just actually see how I'm feeling in that moment. Mm -hmm. You know, for me, if I'm achieving those goals, then, then it's all good. Whereas mm -hmm. what does it feel like to achieve those things? Right. What does it feel yeah. like to hold a tree pose beautifully, whatever beautiful looks like, even if you're falling over, you know, it's, and so that was something I realized that I haven't been doing in my life and I have to actually train myself to feel more which might seem absurd to some people. Like if you know me as a mother, like I am in love with my children. I'm in love with my husband and I'm always, you know, available to them with mm -hmm. my feelings, but not necessarily to myself. And I have a feeling there's more people out there that are probably in the same boat, mm -hmm. right? Because we also have social media to distract us from those feelings. So I think we've actually maybe even lost the ability to actually feel. Yeah, I think that's, so, so true. I mean, there's a couple things to respond to there. Um, the first one kind of takes me back to the 29 things on the list, which is, 
I think even sometimes when we're creating those lists for ourselves of like what we want to do, it's a, a mechanism of almost to escape ourselves, mm -hmm. you know? So it's just like to just be with yourself and like be quiet and not have so much going on when that all that stops and you're just with yourself and your feelings. That's uncomfortable for a lot of people because there's so many things to distract ourselves with. And the second piece of that, you know, that kind of that feeling piece um, is that it's, I've really learned that how I want to feel has to be the guiding light towards whatever it is that I'm choosing to do and to bring into my life. Because if you achieve the goal, um, for me, you know, let's say it was starting Healthy Bites, starting that company, serving all those people and like, oh, great, I'm a, you know, quote unquote, successful business owner. But I started my business because I wanted to be my own boss and I wanted to have more freedom and I wanted to have more space. But none of that was happening for me. <laughs> you know, oh, that know. goal, that goal and the achievement of it is never going to be fulfilling. And you can even equate that to, you know, the, the self-care practices in your life, which is what I really try to tie things back to now. It's like, how do I need to feel today? What yeah. am I really needing? And then, and then choosing the tool that meets that specific need. Exactly. Yeah, there's so much powerful stuff in here, even just now. And I mean, we've been here for like 20 minutes, I think, yeah. recording. And I mean, there's so many nuggets in here that people can take away. And if they just started applying them right now, it would make such a fundamental difference. We haven't even gotten into the juicy, juicy stuff, you know, like you're going to be sharing your tools, um, you know, with our audience. Um, yeah, and it's true. Like the part that resonates the the most with me is that when we start off on a journey, that if that feels good, like we're doing it for all the right reasons, but then you get into it and you realize that it's not playing out that way, and and you won't know it until you are there doing it. And running a company is one of those things because if you run a company as yourself and you're self-employed, and you maybe have one or two employees, is very different than if you have six or seven employees, which is very different than when you have, you know. 50 or 60 employees or mm -hmm. 2,000 customers mm -hmm. versus 10 customers. And it does, it changes everything. And so it's important as an entrepreneur to be checking in constantly to say, is this right for me right now? Mm -hmm. You know, am I still loving being the entrepreneur that I always wanted to be? Because the thing is, is that you can still run a business, but then you can also change your role in the business as well. So for example, okay when you find yourself doing all, let's say the accounting work, and if that's not what you love, then it's time to outsource that, mm -hmm. you know, to somebody who can do that for you and where it's going to be a joy to that person. Mm -hmm. And it's going to liberate you to give yourself back that freedom and space. Um, but it's easier said than done when you're a small business as well, right? Because of the yeah. fact that it takes resources to hire people and get people into those right roles and get the right person. And at the end of the day, you're still managing people. Yeah. Right. Absolutely. So it does mean that you have to check in more often. And I think that there's a lot, of, you know, I hear it from entrepreneurs like, well, what if my business doesn't succeed or what, you know, I wanted to run it for 10 years or I wanted to, whatever their, their goals that they had. And I mean, I think even just the fact that you got a business off the ground mm -hmm. and you were able to be of service to people is pretty impressive and it's impressive to yourself. Like it doesn't have to be impressive to anybody else. And so you know, who's putting the pressure on you to keep going in that role? Is it everybody else or is it truly just yourself? 
Yeah. Right. And, mm-hmm. but it's hard because once you get that business going, it is hard to, like you said, it took two years to unwind your business. Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. But it's, I think we have to, entrepreneurs need to definitely like incorporate self-reflection into every single part of their day for sure. Yes. Yes, absolutely. So important. Yeah. So then let's go. Okay. So now you are healed, right? Except that you have this, you know, chronic nerve damage Mm -hmm. that is there and how bad was that? And what did the doctor say about that? And you know, what was the prognosis around that? Um, I think they just, you know, they were like, you just had a really bad case of this. And this happens for certain people, even though I was young and healthy, it was just, I think kind of where it showed up for me and kind of a vulnerable place that, you know, that beginning, you know, that just that core of your root chakra Mm -hmm. um, uh, was just a hard and you're walking all day. So of course it's like, it's just going to keep getting re-aggravated. But again, you know, the messenger back to the messenger piece, it every time um, now, you know, I'll get little flare ups of pain here and there occasionally. And I know I'm like, I'm eating too much inflammatory stuff. Mm. I'm not resting. I'm not stretching. And so I, even though I don't love it um, and I wish it wasn't there, I try to be grateful for it because I do recognize that it's telling me when I'm out of balance. And it's one of the first things that starts to talk at me when I am. So that's helpful. It's good to have those, those, those messages. So, so helpful. And this, I think is another gold nugget that you just put out there for our listeners is what is your, like, what is your one key messenger in your body? I call it the weak link. So Mm -hmm. almost like there's that there's, you have your chain, right? And for the most part, your chain is pretty solid. But if you look really, really, really closely, it's like having that beautiful necklace that you love. But for some reason, there's always one link that always Mm. goes out when you tug a little hard. And so what is your one weak link or what is that one messenger in your body? And I have the same thing. So for me, I know a hundred percent when my body is not in alignment, when if one month I'll start to feel that I have a period cramp because mm. I used to suffer tremendously from period pain. And then once I changed my lifestyle, once I changed my diet, once I, you know, changed everything, all of a sudden, like I wake up and I'm like, Oh, Oh, hello. There you are. Aunt Flo, you're come mm-hmm. to visit. And it's like no warning, no sign. She just showed up. And um, so if I even get a tingling of a cramp, I'm like, okay, Nikki, you got to get back on track. And then I have a month to like really know. And then of course, next month it'll be fine again. And then for the other thing for me is that I will get a sore left breast oh, for me. Yeah. And it means that inflammatory foods, probably not sleeping as well. My body didn't have time to clear out everything. And so then I get inflammation in my breast and the doctors at one time I saw my doctors about it and they're just like, Oh, it's just probably fibrocystic breast disease. And I'm like, thanks. So I was like, well, great. Like I, like if that's what they think it is, I don't believe that it is because technically it's not reversible, but we know that most chronic illnesses are. And so I'm just Mm -hmm. like, great. So I'm just going to use that as my, as my um, indicator. And then Mm -hmm. that's when I'm like, kick your ass to get back in gear, do all the things that you know you're supposed to be doing and then, and monitor from there. Yeah. So I'm just curious for yeah. all the listeners, write down what, who mm. your messenger is so that you know when they show up, he or she, whatever it is, shows up, that sign shows up that you're going to start taking charge. Mm, I love that. 
I love yeah. that. Yeah. So it, that was a good nugget you threw down there. Mm. So then, um, so then what happened next on your journey? Yeah. Because this yeah. was, this kind of is where you are launching into who you are now. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't know it then. Um, but you know, basically what happened is that I had intended to take at least six months off. I didn't know how much time I was going to need. I knew I needed some recovery time because I mean, as an entrepreneur, a really high-functioning person, you know, you're kind of like an elite athlete and you have to build in recovery time. Ideally, you build it in throughout your week and your day in such a way that you don't need to take six months off at the end of something. But I knew that I needed that. My body clearly needed it. And the thing, um, well, a couple of things happened, but the thing that I just was feeling so deeply just so deeply was that my adrenal system was shot. I mean, I had had so much stress for so many years and I was just, I just felt fatigued. Like I would wait, I didn't want to wake up in the morning and, and that had happened to me before, but it was when I was depressed. I wasn't feeling depressed. It was just like, I felt like my body just didn't want to wake up. I really just wanted, I wanted to sleep, you know, um, I started going to acupuncture and seeing a few different people. But whenever I go to a holistic practitioner, they would be like, your, it's your, your adrenals. Your adrenal system is really, really struggling. And that wasn't new information for me either, for anybody who listened to the last podcast. You know, I had, was diagnosed when I was 29 with borderline adrenal fatigue, but that just had continued. And so I knew I needed a lot of rest. And uh, then what happened was about, let's see, not even about six weeks after I moved to San Francisco, my husband lost his job. And so it was just a, it was just a moment of like, okay, I, I know this is what I thought I needed and I do need it, but I need to start looking for work because realities of life are that we live in the most expensive city in America and we need, I need to, you know, start help supporting our family again. And so I started looking for work and then um, ended up getting a job sooner than I should have just because of the realities of life. And just underneath the surface, there was just still like, I just kept saying to, to Travis, like, I just can't, I feel like I can't, like, I'm just not there yet. You know, I'm just Mm -hmm. not back to myself yet. I don't feel like I have the energy to do things that I want to do all the time. And so there was just this underlying feeling of adrenal fatigue. And there was also, I knew because of what I had gone through with my business, like I just knew there was a lot of emotional healing that I had not done yet. Even though I was peeling away a lot of those layers and I am a very reflective person and I thought that I had done a lot of that work. I just, my deeper intuition kept saying to me that, you know, Bonnie, you have a lot, like you've been through basically six years of trauma. You know, I really felt like I had been living in trauma for that period of time. And I just kept getting the nudge that like, there's some deeper work you need to do emotionally that's actually going to help you physically. And Mm. so um, you know, the, the long story sort of short there is that I, I worked several jobs for about a, about a year and a half 
period or so, one of which actually I went back to work for the company that bought my business to help them um, with some things. And um, it was like right around that time that I realized like, you know what, I'm, I'm ready to, to do one of the things on my 29 thing list, um, which was travel to Peru to work um, with plant medicine, which is something that I had been kind of tickling at me for a long time. And I just intuitively sense like now is the time to really, really heal some of this emotional stuff that is very present for you. So that's kind of now like July of 2017, um, a little more than two years after I sold my company that that was kind of the next stage of me beginning to heal that layer of my burnout and emotional kind of burnout. That's amazing because I think for a lot of us, we have that little inkling that's in the back of the mind, like whether it's, I should learn to sing or I should learn to dance or I should go work with plant medicine. I mean, there's so many different things, but it's that constant repetition that's there. And we actually often put it on our vision board or write it down on our list. But, you know, when do we ever get there? And I wonder how many times that, you know, that's in some of these cases, I mean, do we have to hit burnout before we do those things? Or if somebody mm-hmm. who's listening to this podcast now, if they can sort of learn from what we're saying and be like, okay, I, I'm not going to do that. I'm going to actually just go in for whatever reason. I'm going to go and explore that little inkling that I've been desiring and having, you know, and go mm-hmm. do that now. Or is it just part mm-hmm. of human nature that we have to hit that burnout before we do the things that we know are, are right for us? Yeah. Well, I think that's such a good point. I think about that a lot, especially as I work with people around behavior change. And what I see so often is that unless you or I have a big enough reason why to change something, it's really hard to have the discipline to do it proactively. It's like, we often have to time just have to get knocked down on the couch for two weeks before like, okay, I get, (laughs) you okay, I'm going to make that change now, or I'm going to have, you have the heart attack and suddenly you're like, okay, I'm going to change my diet or I'm seriously overweight and I have diabetes. And so, um, it takes a lot of discipline and I don't know what really why that is, but what I do see is that you need a reason why to do something and it needs to be big enough to, Mm -hmm. to have the discipline to make the changes that you want to make. Yeah. And I think in people's lives, and I know in people's lives, and this applies to me as well, it's that um, often when we sit and do that exercise, and I think we might've covered this in the last podcast, but I'll cover it again. And I know you have a similar exercise as well, but it's, you know, I often with my clients, I'll ask them, you know, what would you do if you had unlimited energy? And the reason I use that word unlimited energy is because I know most people don't even have energy. Like they're like Mm -hmm. literally just struggling to get out of bed. Their adrenals for the most part are shot um, or very close to it. Everybody's like on the brink of burnout, of depression, of having anxiety attack or panic attack, um, you know, of triggering their diabetes, their pre-diabetic and so on. And so what would you do if had unlimited energy? And this is when I get the real answers from people mm. because they're like, oh, if I had unlimited energy, like I'd go back to school right now or I'd go there. And then we get into like, well, why would you do that? Well, because I want to, whatever the reasons are. And their whys are powerful. 
right? Mm -hmm. So it's like, we have Mm -hmm. to, that's why I encourage people to work with a, you know, a health coach and a life coach, um, you know, like yourself or, you know, anybody who's out there, anybody who can help ask those questions and draw that out of you, because you might not necessarily go as deep and as far as you would if you had somebody else holding up the mirror and pulling that out of you. And then once it's there, then you don't have to, like, that's, why my clients will jump into doing stuff because they don't have to wait and hit burnout. Right. Cause yeah, the, the compelling absolutely. reason is there. It's there inside of you. You just need to allow yourself to access it. That's right. Yeah. yeah. And give yourself permission. That's another I think, big mm-hmm. piece of it too. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And one thing that um, I've been meaning to call you and tell you about this, but when we had the last, we did the last podcast, I think it was like back in April. Mm-hmm. And, um, and at the time I was feeling incredibly like right on the verge of burnout. And I have a group that I meet with and we call ourselves brave. We're a group of four women entrepreneurs and we meet once a month and we, it's wonderful. We have an agenda and we get through our agenda and our agendas, you know, so tell us about what happened over the last month and, you know, what are the things that you were working on? What did you accomplish? What do you want to accomplish in this next month? But also what the hell is going on right now? Like, just yeah. like, how are you doing? Like, it's really, yeah. we get, and everybody gets a chance just to be like, this is what I'm struggling with. But then also we leave empowered being like, okay, this is our why, this is why we want to go forward. And this is what we want to do. So let's check back in in a month. And so I remember after that podcast, because you really cracked that open for me, like the ability to just recognize I was feeling really burnt out, you know, and mm-hmm. your story just impacted me deeply. And so I had a meeting with our group and, and I said to these other three women, I'm like, I'm like, I don't know what's going on. Like, I think I'm on the verge of having a breakdown. And mm-hmm. And what happened, what unfolded for that is, you know, we all like everybody was helping with solutions and like, what do we need to do? And how do I get some more rest and all of that? And, um, and I was able to apply some things, but none of it was working. And about a month later, we found out that my whole entire family had a parasite that we got in Africa. Oh yes. my gosh. Yes. Wow. And it oh. was it was so horrific because they diagnosed my youngest daughter with having bladder cancer and, (laughs) but it would turned out to be a mass from the parasites and like the mother and all her eggs. I know that sounds for a lot of people that sounds gross, but it was, it took us down this road, this road. But the reason I tell this story is because you don't want to wait until you actually do have a burnout because that is what happened with us is that our kidneys all started to shut down. Oh my God. From this parasite. And because we're really healthy, I think that's what got us through six months of having this parasite and being able to not really experience it the way somebody else might've been taken out by it right away. Cause it's actually quite a deadly parasite. And then, um, but the thing is, is that by making even small changes will tell you where you're at. So for example, if, you know, I was thinking it was my diets really well. I mean, I was going to bed every night. So I was like, I can't, it was really hard to find else, something else to add to that. I was like, well, maybe I do need to go work with a shaman. Maybe I do need to shift all of this, Mm -hmm. you know, maybe it's just too much. And I was on the verge of wanting to sell our businesses because thinking it's the businesses are too much. And really it was, our systems were being literally eaten up by this person. I know, but you, but you opened that up for me to be able to say it out loud because I think I could have just kept pushing through. 
I don't think I would have brought it to my team, like my group, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. Say like, this is how I'm feeling. So it's so Mm -hmm. important for people out there to voice it, to really dive into how you're feeling, express it to somebody else. And then from there, you can start coming up with even tiny solutions to see if you can get some results right away before you hit rock bottom. It's really important for people to do that. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah, so I just had to acknowledge oh, that and say thank so you glad. so much. Um, so glad you got support. I mean, oh. what a what a PSA for asking for support right there, which yeah. is a big part of curing the burnout. You know, it's a big part of the toolkit, um, preventing and healing burnout is is staying how you are and asking for what you need. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Before you oh. before you have to hit that burnout. So okay. then. So then on this journey then, so what happened? Did you like, and so I'm super curious about this, like from like, well, how do you, how do you find a shaman? Like, do you just like Google uh, yeah. the yellow pages or yeah. what happens? No, well, I mean, people do that. Um, I don't recommend that entirely. Um, I was very lucky that actually the coach that I had worked, I've now worked on and off with for eight years. She's actually one of my, my serious part of my support team um during my during my business years and um I'd worked with her even a little bit after that when I moved to San Francisco. Um, she had worked with this shaman and had actually had taken several groups down there over the years and she was putting together a women's group to go down there. So I had a very trusted person who had worked mm. with a person already. And then my dear friend, who was also a big part of my support team, had gone on a trip with her. So I had already, I had, you know, a lot of, um, I already knew this person was well vetted and the experience was well vetted and that it was going to be a very supportive experience because there are a lot of, I mean, plant medicine is really, it's really deep work. And the person that's leading the experience is, is everything. I mean, they are so critically important to it. And so they're important to your, you know, your physical and emotional safety. They really, they hold the container in, at a depth that is kind of beyond me even. Um, so yeah, so I knew if I was going to do it, that it was going to have to be with a very, very vetted, I wasn't just going to wander off into the jungle and, you know, find, find someone and, you know, go on a journey. So I was lucky in that regard for sure. Yeah. Um, that's amazing. And then did you, like, was there prep work that you needed to do or what, what is that experience like, you know, cause I can imagine for anybody who's hearing this for the first time, especially, I mean, I've known many people to work with different shamans and I've known people to have amazing experiences. Um, even how hard and difficult the experience in the journey is in that work that you do. Um, but I do know that, um, for a lot of people, they've never even heard of that. They just think it's, it's voodoo like land. And so, whereas it's, you know, it is ancient medicine and it goes back thousands and thousands and thousands of, you know, generations and, you know, it's been on the planet since the beginning of time. And so, Mm -hmm. you know, what is that like to, to venture off into that world? Yeah. I mean, I feel like this, that could also be, it could be its own podcast. I'm sure. sure. Um, yeah. Um, it's, uh, well, to answer your question about prep work, I mean, really the only prep work is 
I mean, your whole life is kind of prep work before you get to that point, right? Um, and then there's, you know, some dietary, like some restrictions and things like that before you go into the experience. You want your physical body to be as kind of pure and clean as possible, which is, you know, all part of the ceremonial sort of aspect of it. Um, but, you know, for me, this part of my story, this really, this was a huge turning point in my life. You know, when my when I talk about uh, my life, it's, there's really like, it's, it was a real delineation, you know, sort of life before going to Peru and life after going to Peru, because it truly was the deepest and most mysterious and most powerful healing experience I've ever had on a physical level, on emotional level, and on a spiritual level. Um, it's hard to describe, you know, to anybody who's ever done it. It's like trying to trying to describe the color blue if you've never seen it. <laughs> so there's so much about it that's that's really indescribable. Um, but what I will say is that I felt like it was the first time in my life where I truly met myself, where I mm-hmm. truly saw who I was at the core of my being when all the things that I had identified with about myself were stripped away. And, you know, it was um, also for me, one of the really important, there's so many important parts of this experience for me, but as I shared in our last podcast, I had really, really struggled with depression for a long time, pretty severely. And you know, these medicines, they, what the shamans will tell you when you go into these experiences, you bring an intention to the experience and um, then the medicine will take you to, it, it will take you where you need to go to heal. And sometimes the intention comes in and sometimes it doesn't at all. But the very first place that I went in my first journey with ayahuasca was to sit with that part of myself that had struggled that deep part of myself that would crawl down in that hole and not want to come out. And it really helped me um, truly heal that relationship with that, that part of myself. And it helped me sit in sovereignty with it really to, to learn how to be with it, but not how to be in it. And so one of the, you know, most amazing things that came from that experience for me is that I have not had one out of depression since coming back from that experience. It was like it physically trained me in my body, the, the understanding of what was happening, but then also how to just be with myself during those, those times when I have challenging emotions and mm-hmm. would get kind of overtaken by them. So that was a really, really powerful part. And then the way my shaman Javier describes it too is, work with these medicines, they help you kind of peel off these layers of heavy energy that we're all carrying around for various reasons. We've had so many things happen to us in our lives, and it's impossible to process all of those things Mm -hmm. in any kind of real time, let alone to have the time to reflect and go back. So I just felt, I felt so many layers that had needed to come off that lifted. And I just felt like, I felt so light afterwards. I felt certainly exposed too, right? Because yeah. so much had shifted in me internally that um, 
your internal reality shapes your out your external reality and so my internal reality had shifted so much that when I came home I was like whoa I don't know yeah. my whole life felt disorienting to me in a lot of ways because it, it was showing me consciously and unconsciously where I was out of alignment um, and so what happened when I came home uh, I mean we can talk more about what happened while I was there but the things that were not in alignment in my life just started naturally falling away because my energy my vibration if you believe in that mm -hmm. was so different like it was so much higher that the things that didn't meet that vibration it was like they just couldn't be part of me anymore wow it's um i'm just for me I, every time i do these podcasts i'm always thinking about how the audience is interpreting this mm -hmm. and i mean even when you just said the word vibration and we've you know we've mentioned the word energy a lot and mm -hmm. so i like to go back and just remind people that if you don't have a scientific background, that's okay. But mm -hmm. the one thing to know is that, I mean, our bodies literally are like car battery, positive, positive and negative sign connections of energy. There's poles on our cells, the electrons, neutrons, protons in our body. So when we're talking about energy, we're literally not talking about some er esoteric, you know, pie in the sky idea of like, ooh, your energy is really feeling positive right mm -hmm. now or feeling negative. Like we're literally talking about shifting the way ways our cells are lining up in our body, the ways our cells are communicating in our body, you know, creating more positive or negative ions, depending on what your body needs to be able to attract the right molecules in, to be able to align things so that your body is actually functioning as a whole. So this we know from chemistry, and I love being in the, in the day and age of, you know, 2020, because finally the knowledge is from all around the world are lying, including our, you know, uh, our double blind placebo trial clinical knowledge is finally mm -hmm. acknowledging that yes, all of these different theories about the body, about energy, about vibration are actually, yes, it, it's been true all along, right? Mm -hmm. And now mm -hmm. true in the mindset of our Western world. So if somebody's thinking like, oh, I want to stop listening now because this is getting to voodoo or whatever, mm -hmm. like woo. I love when people use the word woo because I love woo so much because neuroscience was once woo in the 70s uh -huh. and neuroplasticity was considered voodoo woo. And we know that if you look throughout history, there's so many things that were considered woo that are now like oh actually true mm -hmm. so and they've been known by the people who can feel it and see it and observe it for thousands and thousands of years and we're just finally getting caught up so i just want to get people back on track so that they're you know and i really encourage listeners to to really open up themselves to wanting to learn something new because this podcast today with bonnie is really powerful because it can take you years of being in therapy to achieve the same thing that you can get mm -hmm. from one experience with real medicine and with a, with a true healer, yeah. right? Like yeah. a shaman and yourself coming together. Absolutely. Yeah. And that's a really, I thank you for all of that context for, um, I love when you can take these concepts and really ground them in science because it's so important, I believe to understand both and, um, yeah, that last point you just made, you know, for me, I don't know, I don't know if I would have gotten there in 
a traditional kind of therapy or, mm-hmm. or any of those kind of things. And I think that's why these somatic um, therapies, you know, like breath work and even plant medicine, I consider to be in that category are really, really helpful because they land, they land the healing and the knowledge like squarely in your body in a way that you know it, like your cells even know it. It's not just like knowing it in your mind. It's like your whole body understands it. And so the healing that happens from that is just, it's beyond, like it's so exponential from what you can experience just understanding something with your brain. We're so much more than our brain. There's so much more intelligence in our body than that's just exists in our mind. So yeah, no, that's powerful. And the part too that um, really resonated with me with what you said is being able to go down there and do that when you said you can sit with the depression, but not having to sit in it, I think is huge in that uh, that experience allowed you to be able to do that. And I'm just reading a book for fun, which I never really read. I mean, everything I do in life, I feel is like fun. But my husband was like, Nikki, just get a book that is actually you know, fiction. And, Mm. you know, so I found this book thinking it was fiction, but it actually turned out to be a true, it's a memoir. Um, But it's a beautiful story about this woman who at 54, it's called inheritance. She decides to do a DNA test just because her stepsister did one and finds out that her father, who she was so deeply connected to and entrenched in the family history of her father, found out that he's not her true biological father mm. so her whole entire world becomes unraveled but because it's an, a memoir and she's writing deeply about her whole experience discovering this and then discovering the biological sperm sperm donor but what is really the most remarkable part about her story is the fact that she walked through life always feeling like she never really belonged. Mm-hmm. Like she wasn't like she saw her family, loved her family, but she always felt like the oddball out. Mm-hmm. And it's interesting because I think we can get our, I know we can get our healing in many, many ways. And in her case, her healing came through understanding her DNA mm-hmm. and recognizing that she'd always been part of another. Mm-hmm. And so putting those pieces together, but I see this, this being the same way that when and that was big just as big as going on a shamanic journey i think you know and with ayahuasca and plant medicine is that um it allows you to get to those deeper place deepest places that nobody else could have ever gotten like she could have gone to a therapist for the rest of her life saying i kind of feel a little bit odd like i'm a little bit different Mm -hmm. and the therapist would have had lots of wonderful Mm -hmm. tools to help her cope right but never to allow her to truly sit alongside the truth and the experience mm-hmm. what i'm hearing is what came from your experience so yeah i mean i definitely have been very intrigued uh, to go down this route but like you had mentioned like for me i need to go with somebody that i really trust and mm-hmm. i keep thinking that person's going to walk into my life and say okay come with me nikki I am your guide, but I also know that I need to actively seek it as well. But it's definitely making me realize that that niggling in the back of my brain, that's like, Nikki, you need to go do that deeper work. Mm. And um, yeah, so yeah. So then let's, um, 
And just one more point to have to make for a lot of people out there that, you know, who are not feeling like this is the journey for you right now, there is so many other healing tools you can use. And that is what I also know you have a lot of those tools. Yes, definitely. Well, it's just such a great, that's such a great segue because I do first want to say that this is not, I'm not advocating that this is the path for every person. This just happened to be my path that I knew was the path that I needed to walk down. Um, but what I took from that, I mean, I took so many things from that. Um, so when I, when I came home from that experience, again, my whole, my whole relationship to myself had shifted. My life started just rearranging itself. And um, six weeks after I came home, I lost my job, uh, which was just a natural extension, actually, of the integration of this experience. Again, the things that weren't aligned started falling away. And mm. so I had this moment where um, I was like, okay, I am unemployed. And I've just, you know, my whole, my whole uh, experience of the world has shifted in this dramatic way. And actually, then is when I had a moment to take my six months off. And mm. it pushed me to do that in a way I hadn't expected. But I had this time frame um, where I really was like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get really clear for myself. What do I want to be doing? How do I want to serve people? What's going to light me up? How do I want to feel every day? What does that look like translated into real life or a career, et cetera, et cetera. And so I had a lot of time to really sit with that. And um, a big part of where I got to now in my journey to restart, you know, my coaching practice, which is what I came to that I really wanted to serve people with all the things that I had learned through my own journey and all the things I already knew around health and wellness. But um, the tool that I found at this point was breath work. Mm. And that was, it has been and continues to be and really was at that point, another huge turning point and finding a tool in my toolkit. And Breathwork is so, it kind of equates to plant medicine in some ways because it's such a, um, it's such a shifter of energy in the sense that you are able to move so much out of your system that's stuck and stagnant. It's kind of like an energetic detox. Um, so that's a, that's a huge piece of it. And it really helps people to reconnect with themselves and truly what it is they want. And you get that, you get that somatic healing. So mm. when I, when I found breath work about six months after I came back from Peru, it was very clear to me immediately. My, the first, you know, the first experience I had with it, with my friend who was leading this beautiful women's circle, we did a transformational breathwork practice where you breathe, you know, in a, in a kind of conscious rhythmic way for about 40 minutes. And <clears throat> I mean, I had a, I had a very, very profound spiritual and physical experience. And I knew right away, I was like, this is a tool that people need. This is mm. a, this is the nervous system tool. This is an emotional healing tool. This is a very powerful tool that to me in many ways felt like my plant medicine experiences, but was is so much more accessible to people yeah. where many people are willing and, and able to be like, yeah, I'll sit down and breathe for, 30 minutes and see what that's like. Um, and as I've started doing that work with people, it's very quickly become just the most rewarding work that I've ever done in my life to see 
what happens when you're willing to just sit, just be with your breath and be with what comes up in the process and what you're able to heal. You know, if you can feel it, you can heal it. Yeah. I always oh, I love that. that and I do believe that very much. Yeah. So um, that was sort of veering around a bit from your question. I think I don't even remember what your question was. No, that was amazing. <laughs> yeah. like, but I love that because it's, um, I love assess anything that's accessible to people. Right. So for, you know, if you're a busy mom of five kids and, you know, and you don't have a ton of money and you don't have access to a shaman and you are, you know, like all of these different things that, you know, there's lots of different things you can do. Some people can't afford to go to a yoga class. Thank goodness that there's free yoga being offered mm -hmm. by beautiful teachers all around the world. You can go on YouTube and find a teacher that resonates with you and do yoga. But I think, and I know the breathwork is definitely one of the most powerful, most of my breathwork experiences come from um, being able to do breathwork in yoga classes. Mm -hmm. And I have incredible, like you said, spiritual experiences that shift the energy. But I do know that there is many different forms of breath work. We've, my husband and I, we've been doing, I should say he's been doing it. I taught it to him. He does it every single morning. Um, I don't. And he, <laughs> but he's been doing Wim Hof and that's been incredible, right. power, incredibly like moving on so many levels. Like I've seen him go from I mean, it is his tool. He does it every single morning and it, he is a different human being because mm -hmm. he does that breath work every single morning, mm -hmm. but you do a specific type of breath work. Is that correct? Yeah. Um, yes. I, I mean, I, I definitely teach, I teach multiple types of breath work. There are kind of, there are, there are different types, right? There are um, practices that you can do in like two to three minutes that are Maybe one is to just help alleviate a little anxiety or one's to refocus you. And we could talk about some of those, like box breathing is an example of something box like breathing. that, yeah. which is a, yeah, you breathe in for four, you hold for four, exhale for four and hold for four. Um, and that was the first breathwork tool that was actually approved by the United States Army to, um, mm. to focus, to focus the troops and because it's so helpful in creating some focus. So for people who want to be more productive, not that we're talking about like hyper productivity in yeah. this podcast, but <laughs> you know, if you're struggling to have, keep your attention on something, that's a great tool you can use and even actually helps with anxiety, um, things like that. But the tool that I'm speaking of that I primarily offer to my clients is it's more in that what's called transformational breathwork category where it's really designed to get deep, deep, deep into your nervous system, into your emotional body, so that you can, you can really move some like deeper layers of stuck, you know, kind of stuck energy and, and emotion. And, um, you know, and even on a scientific level, there's so much that's happening from that, you know, diaphragmatic breathing is one of the tools that tones up the vagus nerve, which I'm sure you're very familiar with this, but you know, for your listeners who aren't, the vagus nerve is the longest cranial nerve in the body. It affects so many of your body functions and it has a tone just almost like a muscle. So when it's, um, when it has a lower tone, you're more susceptible to things with your immune, you know, going on with your immune system, to sickness, to anxiety, to depression, as you're able to tone it up, um, those things dissipate. So I noticed even for myself with my nerve pain that actually my breathwork practice has been one of the things 
that has helped my nerve pain more than anything. And I believe it's because it's also helping the inflammation in my body, supporting, you know, those nerves in a different way, in addition to just helping me manage day-to-day stress, especially right now, you know, we're as a as a global um, family, there's so much panic and stress happening right now. And this is a free tool that anybody can practice on their, on their own at home um, anytime really that you need it. I love it because um, it's true. It is free. Your body is capable. Everybody is capable of it. Every human body. And I just think about in retirement homes right now um, where there's a lot of people who are living that are the most susceptible to what's happening on the planet right now. Oh, that was my daughter. I'm home with my kids right now. We are in isolation. Yeah. Yeah. And she just came in wearing a full face of makeup. So that's <laughs> anyway, so that's what my three girls are up to right now. Oh, nice. It's clearly, um, anyway, dolling themselves up. Nice. So, but I, like I think about these retirement homes and where the people are most susceptible and truly they can use this. It's free. It doesn't mm-hmm. cost anybody any money. Their bodies are capable of doing it. And could that keep them free? And we know that the science is true, that we can do this kind of breathing and it does improve our immune system. And actually when we do this kind of breathing, it actually acts as a antiviral it actually acts Mm. as an antibiotic naturally because you are also creating these beautiful um transportation corridors for oxygen to travel Mm -hmm. which means that if Mm -hmm. you have oxygen traveling through your body you also have blood flow if you have blood flow then you have nutrient flow when you have nutrient flow then you're also transporting waste out of your body so all the systems in your body open up and then you also have the correct hormone production in your body that is responsible for fighting disease. You're also stimulating your microbiome and feeding your microbiome, the healthy microbiome, so that it can win this internal war over the unhealthy microbiome. So all systems in your body get activated through breath work and it's Mm -hmm. free right? Mm -hmm. And then the other part is yoga, stretching your body as well. Free. Your body can do it. You can do it in a chair. You can do it in a bed. You can do it literally if you, like you can have somebody else do it for you, like a nurse practitioner or a physiotherapist or somebody, if you literally were paralyzed. Like, so this is what is, it's beautiful because it is free and available to us, Mm -hmm. which is incredible. Yeah. I love that part of it. And so, and I think the world is going to be needing you, Bonnie, and your services more than ever once I think the reality of what's happening sits in. And then also once it's over and we, because we won't be returning to the, it'll be a new normal, and it, but it won't be business as usual. Mm-mm. There's going to be, I predict, a shift in how we all operate, but there's going to be a lot of trauma. Mm-hmm. from this experience because people are in so much fear and that's going to get stuck in their bodies and they're yeah. going to have to release it. And not everybody's yeah. going to have the money to do that, but because we can do the breath work and it's free, everybody has access to this. Yes, absolutely. And they just yeah, need a teacher really... like you. <laughs> well, I will be leading virtual, virtual groups now for the first time. Um, but yeah, I really feel like it's definitely my medicine to offer to the world right now. I believe in it so much. I can see how 
helped me. I mean, back to my own burnout story, just for a quick second, like that is the thing. Ultimately, I believe that healed my adrenal system that finally helped me um, feel normal again after, you know, three or so months of a regular breath work practice. Um, But yeah, it's just such a, it's such a potent and powerful tool. And I love sharing it with people. That is amazing. Can you take us through what a day in your life looks like? Like, how do you incorporate this into your world? Mm-hmm. So when yeah, you, sure. Yeah. And let's talk about your diet as well. And what does that look like? Because I think there's a lot of people who will hear this and because we're not talking predominantly about food right now, they yeah, may forget right. that diet also plays a role in this. So let's Absolutely. talk about what your yes. world looks like. Yeah, great, great question. Um, and thank you for also like bringing it back to that. Um, yeah, so my day, let's see. Um, I, my, I, well, this is a, this is a tool and a tip as well, but, um, you know, for anybody out there who's trying to incorporate something new into their life, a new practice, a new tool, I mean, the morning is, I think the best time to do it, if you can, a morning routine is so, so critical. I'm sure if any of your other guests talk about that, but um, there's so much power to a morning routine. So I definitely have a, a really, a really solid morning routine where I, I try to integrate as many of these things as I can. So um, I wake up, I, uh, I get my adaptogenic tea soaking in the pot. I love this tea called Rasa coffee for anybody who's Mm. looking for adrenal or nervous system support. Um, I make this tea every morning. Getting off caffeine was another huge win for me and a big, a big help in healing my nervous system was just finally kicking even a cup a day, you know, just getting rid of the caffeine and replacing it with adaptogens has been a huge win. Um, I, take my dog for like a 40 minute walk. And that's my exercise every morning. It just, cause I have a dog and I'm the primary walker. Um, that's what I do in the morning for exercise. And then I usually, um, when I get home, I lay down and I do 10 to 15 minutes of breath work. And then, um, from there pop up, I make my green smoothie, which I have almost every single morning with avocado and uh, a vegan protein powder and maca, you know, some other adaptogens, maca and uh, banana and flax milk and things like that and make my, my smoothie and then get into whatever, you know, my sort of my day is. And um, about two or three times a week, I try to do some other kind of workout, whether it's yoga or something to get my, you know, my, um, just my heart going. So depending on how my day goes, I can fit that in, in various ways. Sometimes it's a lunch thing, or sometimes it's when I'm wrapping up my work for the day. And then I walk my dog again in the evening. So I'm getting like another 40 minute walk with my dog. Um, and I, I schedule in like two to three nights of cooking per week. So I know a lot of people think like, if you want to eat healthy at home, you have to cook every night. I just, I don't have time for that. I know most people don't. So I usually look at my schedule before the week even starts. And I actually time, I time block 
my self-care practices that are not part of my normal daily routine. And cooking is one of those. So I look and I'm like, okay, I know I cook Monday night. I know I can cook Thursday night. What am I cooking? And it has to last for three nights. Now it's just me and my husband. So that's maybe a little easier for me to stretch something that long um, or to add to it or whatever. So I, we, we eat almost, I would say a hundred percent of our food, except for maybe a meal on the weekend is made at home. Um, so then we'll, you know, have our home cooked food. I've been trying to integrate stretching at night before bed. Cause I really, I'm like, right now I'm like, Oh, I want to rub my shoulders. Even while I'm talking to you, I'm like feeling the stress, you know, the yeah. weight of the world is, is weighing down over here. So I try to integrate some stretching at night and um, reading something, you know, positive before bed and really trying to turn it's, this is a constant struggle, but not be on my phone for before I go to sleep. And that's the thing I'm really working on right now because there's so much, there's so much information out there now about how that blue light affects your Mm -hmm. hormones and your sleep cycle and all of those things. So I've been really working on that. And um, let's see, what else can I share in there? Um, You know, I, I think I would, I would put my interactions with my community even as part of my kind of self-care routine. Like that. really prioritize phone, you know, a phone call on my walk with a girlfriend to catch up or we love to have people over for dinner. So oftentimes if I'm cooking a meal, like we're inviting, well, not right now because we're all in quarantine, but you know, we're inviting friends over for dinner and like sharing a meal to me. That is just like, that's like the ultimate um, gift and so healing to, to share a meal with someone you love at your kitchen table. So that's, that's a big part of, of our routine as well. And then on the weekend, um, always, always take, we call it going to Sunday church and our version is getting outside for a hike somewhere on Sunday, whether we go to the beach or, you know, we just, find a place in the city and do kind of an urban hike but nature for me is like not negotiable part of my self-care routine and I prescribe it to my clients all the time because we're just so stuck inside and so feeling to just be outside and fresh air it's good for your microbiome you know all those all those things that are happening of course it's it's a great stress release too just to be in a serene peaceful, um, beautiful place. That's amazing. And I mean, and I know I use the word amazing all the time, but I don't use it lightly because (laughs) of the fact that um, it's these things that are available to us are right there. Like walking your dog, breathing, stretching, Mm -hmm. practicing yoga, going to work, right? Like, you know, you want to do work that is meaningful to you as well. So that was one thing that I'd say, check in and see, and not everybody has to do meaningful work if their work is a means to an end. So if it's a means to having the end that you want, that's also okay too. It's just shifting your perspective on it, right? So for some people, they need to have it be super purposeful. Other people, it can be a means to an end and they're able to hold that and that's healthy for them. The problem is when their work is 
doesn't feel like a means to an end. It feels like a grind and it doesn't feel purposeful. So then that mm -hmm. is a challenge for people. So if you can have that lined up as well, and then, you know, spending time with your community. And we know from the Blue Zones book um, and the Blue Zones research by uh, David or Dan Daniel Bootner that, um, that living in these communities that have community, not the fake kind of, I like you on Facebook community, mm -hmm. but the real community, um, getting together, eating good, whole cooked family, um, family cooked, you know, plant-based whole food meals, um, are predominantly plant-based. Um, we know that moving your body in ways that you love to move your body. So I love that, um, Kelly McGonigal talks about that in her podcast with Rich Roll recently about how movement is so important for activating hope molecules. That's literally the scientific mm. term is hope molecules. So move your body every day, but in a way that you love to move and that will just light you up inside. So all the things that you mentioned mm. are available to us. It doesn't mean, you know, sure, going on a vacation is amazing. Sure, buying whatever it is, art and, you know, or buying a new car or owning a big house or whatever it is. I mean, you didn't mention any of those you know, in your day-to-day -day mm -hmm. routine and the things that are bringing you health and wellness. So I think there can be a recheck that people do in their lives and go, hey, you know what, if I want to live a truly optimal life where I'm thriving and I'm healthy, you know, just maybe reassess what those elements are. And it can be yeah. as simple as, you know, your routine that you have, which is amazing. Yeah. yeah. Which is amazing. Yeah. yeah, and there's really, there's no... um no one self-care routine works for everybody, right? So it's it's really about just a yeah, a curiosity and an investigation for each person to figure out like what makes me feel the best. You know, one person like I've had to slow down, you know, like a lot of things that I've described. Um, I enjoy much more like gentle activities now than I ever did. That wasn't the case for me even if, you know, five years ago. So it's about really honoring where you are in the moment of your life that you're in, or even the season of your life that you're in, and just finding those few things that work for you. And I would even argue, like, if you can even find one thing mm -hmm. that works for you every day that you know, if I do that one thing myself, that it shifts my, you know, it shifts me into feeling better or having more energy or feeling more positive. Just even find the one, find one totally. thing and start there and focus there. And then you can build around that, you know, but you need, you need a foundation. And we were talking about this before we started recording, just everything's going on right now with COVID-19 and everybody wanting to support their immune systems and how do we be healthy. Um, I just feel like we're, we're at such a moment where it's just critical to go back to these very foundational things that are kind of boring to talk about, honestly, because yeah. it's like, how many times have we heard, you know, you need to get more sleep and yeah. you need to drink more water and, you know, you need to eat whole, real, home-cooked, unprocessed food. But these are truly the building blocks the foundational building blocks of good health. They just are. And yeah. that's why people talk about them over and over again. And that's why I'm thinking and hoping that, you know, this 
this pandemic, I mean, even the word pandemic is very heavy, but I mean, that's the technical word that we use in this situation. But with this virus and what it's forcing us to do is I'm anticipating that all of these humans around the globe are going to get back to the things that they have been longing for, but not Mm -hmm. really adopting into their life because we've been in this this race that sometimes you get caught up in it and you just don't know how to get out of it. And now Mm -hmm. people are going to have access to it. Like, you know, spending more time in your garden. If you have a garden, even if it's a tiny garden, even if it's a patio garden, you know, there's space all around you where you can grow something. It could be a community garden once you're out of isolation. And, you know, and some people I know are not into getting their fingers dirty and that's okay too but it could be creating community in your world because i have a feeling people are going to realize the importance of their friends and family and will really even if it's for a short time after this is all over that they're going to truly appreciate the community that they have and recognize um, how important it was because they've been without it for you know right now it's been a few days but it could be a few weeks and it could be a couple months we don't know how long it's going to last and so there's going to be appreciation of just getting back to the basics and i do love what you said about you know doing what serves you now because i'm watching my 15 year old daughter go through that is she's had a concussion so she hasn't been able to train with her snowboard group and mm. but it's been interesting cuz as a when she was 14 she did her yoga teacher training and she hated it. She was like, mm. I don't know why I did that. That wasn't for me. And I was like, that's okay. You did it. I'm like really proud of you for completing something. Like not proud of you for doing your yoga teacher, but proud because you completed something. And then it's been interesting how she's been using yoga and stretching and breathing. And that's what she's turned to. And all of a sudden now she's like all about playing tennis. Like tennis brings her so much joy, just being on a court, the smell of the ball, everything. And so it's interesting to look at her being able to transition and and knowing that we don't have to commit to one thing forever. For now, it might be yoga. And I've watched even my yoga teachers that I originally trained with how, you know, we just went for a walk recently and And they're both like, no, we're not practicing actually because they found something else. And that something else, you know, they still will use the elements that they've learned in their yoga practice because yoga does not just mean being on a mat. Yoga is the mindset as well that you have in the intention setting and the Mm -hmm. committing to feeling and committing to your breath work. And you can bring that into anything that you're doing, right? Yeah. And so, yeah. You know, so it is, it doesn't mean just because you're not showing up on your mat every day, but you could show up to breathing, you could show up to stretching, you could show up to being mindful and setting an intention as well. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And the thing that's coming to mind as you say that, I love that point. Um, It's just like, need any more shoulds in our life, right? Like we need to stop shoulding all over ourselves. So there's no like, I should show up on my mat. I should do this. I should do that. I mean, it's like really just feeling and like, what do I need today? What do I want to do? And maybe your self-care for that day is like, I need to take a freaking nap, Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know, and just honor that. Like whatever that is, like I'm such a big advocate for more naps in the world. And maybe people are taking them now that we're all stuck at home for the next month. But, um, yeah, I, I, I love what you just reflected there. 
Yeah. And people can take it. I know that, you know, I'm getting more, I'm becoming more hyper aware of the fact that, you know, we have all these wonderful podcasts and we're sharing all these stories, but we are still in a world where the podcasting is predominantly done by, you know, people of no color, I'll say. So instead of people of color, and even though I am a person of color, I definitely have grown up raised feeling like I am, you know, Caucasian and, you know, growing up on the West Coast of BC. Um, and, you know, I know that there's people who might be out there listening and, you know, they work two jobs and they're like, there's no way I can fit in Bonnie's schedule into my life. Like the luxury of getting mm -hmm. up and, you know, being able to do X, Y, and Z. But, and so I'm more cognizant, you know, even with how we price our courses, for example, of saying, okay, well, we, we talked about this before we started filming is accessibility, wanting to provide things to people so that, you know, and make it accessible for a lot of people to be able to access it. So we're looking at that in price point and the technology we use, even just coming to face to face with people as well for people who don't have technology and wanting that more for ourselves. But, you know, when it, for people out there who like I hear and I don't want to call them excuses because they are realities in life. Mm -hmm. And, you know, there is the busy mom and dad of, you know, two, three, four, one kid even. And, you know, you might not be able to do these, but at the same time, it all does come down to prioritizing. Yeah. Right. And we can also, some people I can hear, like when I just took a nap for the first time the other day and my husband did as well, and it was so magnificent right. and it's probably been right. like, five years since we've napped. And um, if I was president, I would definitely call for more naps. Um, <laughs> and, but, but I was even just, I had this glimpse of somebody working and on their lunch break, right? You could take five minutes on your lunch break and sit and you can breathe. Yeah. You can sit mm -hmm. and you can stretch. You can sit, mm -hmm. you can meditate, right? So all of mm -hmm. those things that you talked about can be done even in a few short moments in the day, or even for some people who are last minute, like I am when it comes to meal planning, I tend to be like six o'clock, what are we going to eat? Mm -hmm. Thank goodness my husband does all the cooking, but there's days when he's not. But it even just reminded me that I can take five minutes in my day and actually just make a list of things that I'm going to get from the grocery store. Because like we teach as well, you can cook six full meals every two days for a family of five. Mm -hmm. So what you're suggesting is real for even a family of five, that mm -hmm. you can do all your batch cooking and have it ready to go. And it can be healthy and wholesome and unrefined and unprocessed and not take any more time really than, yes, it'll take a bit longer than cracking open a box of mac and cheese, but, mm -hmm. but you know, if you really are prioritizing health. So you know, just for anybody out there who's listening, who might feel that they don't have the ability or the privilege or the luxury or even the power in their life to be able to make some of these changes, you do. Mm -hmm. You can do that in just even yeah. smaller increments and you will still get tremendous benefit from it. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Even in smaller increments. I mean, start with 10 minutes a day. Yeah. Like this is my time. This is what's going in it. You block it out and just start there because it's, 10 minutes is better than no minutes. One minute is better than no minutes. So whatever exactly. you can carve out, you know, you have, it's, it's just 
it's critical. It's critical to carve it out because if you don't, you're on track to burn out. It's just a matter of when it's going to yeah. show up for you and how deep and how, um, you know, how hard it is going to be to overcome. So I always come back to that, you know, that athlete analogy. It's like every athlete knows you have to have recovery built into yeah. your program. You have to, your performance, your ability to show up diminishes over time. And I think we're really seeing this right now, you know, not to bring up COVID again, but it's just so, it's so prevalent at the moment, but people are really starting to understand the importance of taking care of themselves and their own immune system first. Like it yeah. actually starts with you, the ripple effect, um, not only of whether or not you're going to spread an infectious disease or how you're going to be able to show up for the people in your life. It starts with you. There's nobody else it starts with. There's nobody else that can prioritize it for you. It's just a matter of creating a big enough reason why for yourself to do it and carving out whatever even teeny tiny bit of space you can to just get started and build the muscle and practicing that prioritization of you. Exactly. Yeah. And then coming back and if the only exercise that you start with today after listening to this podcast is writing down your why, like why would you need to breathe even for just 10 minutes a day? Or why would you need to go for a walk in the woods and be connected to nature for even 10 minutes a day? And I can tell you for myself, if I don't incorporate something into my day, create space um, into my day, it's that I will become snappy with my kids and that never mm. feels good. So one of my biggest whys beyond just for sure wanting to be healthy so I can live along and enjoy my life with my children and see my grandchildren and, you know, be on top and on point in running my business. It's really because I want to not be snappy with my kids. Like I want to be patient with them and I want to be loving and kind. And so for me, like for some people, they're like, well, really? Like that's it. Everybody snaps at their kids. And I'm here to tell you that when you incorporate this into your world and when you are filling yourself up first, it's you putting the oxygen mask on yourself first, you actually, it's amazing how much unlimited energy and patience and care and love and support that you have for those people around you. And you really won't feel snappy and feel like you're like burning the candle at both ends. And, and so Anyway, that's mo that's my big why. So I think that that is one huge piece that people can take away um, from this. But yeah. one thing that I definitely want people to take away is how can people get in touch with you, Bonnie? Yeah. Um, well, the um, you can get in touch with me through my website, uh, bonniecoberly.com, um, sanfranciscobreathwork.com, both places you can find me online. Um, and then I'm at Bonnie Coberly on Instagram and Facebook. Um, so those are the easiest ways to find me. I'm doing more virtual programming now that we're, you know, we're not able to connect in person. So there may be ways for listeners to um, actually connect for virtual breathwork classes and other things that I'm going to be putting together this year. So that's amazing. And then we had talked about adaptogenic herbs a little bit, but um, is that a place people can go as well? Can they learn about that online? What is the best way for them when they want to, especially because I know there's going to be a lot of people who have adrenal burnout that are going to, you know, mm. 
want to connect with you and learn as much as they can, do you have any good resources for them that you can share or what's the best way for them to learn about that? Um, well, let's see. I mean, probably I don't have any specific resources on my site that I've written about, although now you're, now you're encouraging me to write more about that. Uh, definitely want to create more content this year. Um, but I, the, the product that, you know, that I mentioned that I love is called uh, Rasa Coffee. I just like, I feel like that product's really changed my life. There are definitely adaptogenic blends you can add to smoothies and things like that. Um, so I would say, you know, just, just get online and, and do some research from trusted places because there's a lot of nonsense out there yeah. too. But I'm sure you have resources too, Nicola, on your site or things. That well, I was crossing my fingers that you would because. <laughs> okay. Okay. Oh no. Yeah, we both. This is something we both might need. Um, yeah. 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 But yeah, it's, it's definitely an area that I'm that I'm now thinking more that that I'll create something for um, to find. But I do um, also putting up on my site this week a guided ten minute breathwork practice, so anybody can find that from anywhere. If you want to just get started with a breathwork practice at home, um, that's another resource available on my website too. And can you do the um, more deeper breathwork practices online with you or do you have to be in person? Um, it used to be, I used to be doing those exclusively in person, but I'm going to start doing those probably once or twice a month online as well, especially as we're moving through this really challenging and stressful time and a lot of people are dealing with a lot of fear and anxiety um, and stress, extra stress in this moment. So definitely be opportunities for that too. Okay. That is so exciting. I definitely know I'm going to be signing up for those sessions Yay, because I good. want to dive deeper into that world just to complement, you know, what I do in the food world and in the yoga world and, um, and know that this is another path that I definitely need to head down. I also just gave up coffee, uh, recently as well. I used to be like a one cup a day girl, but even that I was realizing that as my stress was building with just running businesses and everything, that it wasn't serving me. It was too acidic in my body. Uh, I felt exhausted mm -hmm. when I woke up in the morning. And so I cut it out. Um, and I'll have to do a podcast on that alone on how to safely cut out mm. coffee because mm -hmm. going cold turkey, it can be really tough on the brain. Oh. And mm -hmm. so, it's so hard. It's so, <laughs> so hard. hard. I feel like <laughs> yeah. that's the hardest thing. I'm like, I could give up alcohol. I could give up all the things, but coffee is just, oh, oh it's the hard one. Yeah. And yeah. finding the amazing substitute for it, because I take, a, um, I don't even know what it's called that I take. I take a dandy blend, um, mm -hmm. like uh, to chicory root powder, maybe yeah. it has mushroom yeah. in there, but yeah. I think it's more chicory root um, powder. And so I take that, but I mean, it's, it's not the same, but since I've given up coffee, um, it's been a few months now. I mean, I feel 10,000 times better. It's incredible. And yeah. so it's made a huge difference in my life as well. And just feeling more alert and awake and more energy um, and, and much better overall for my mind and my body. So anyway, mm -hmm. we have, I have some work to do for sure in the breathworks. I'll be coming to you for that. Um, any last words, Bonnie, any in these, you know, times for some people, they're going to recognize it as crisis and other people are seeing it as hope, but any last words for you? Mm, well, I would just say, um, 
you know, it's kind of something we were sharing about earlier, but just to be, just to really honor whatever experience you're having right now, to do whatever you can do to protect yourself from diving into that sort of endless spiral of fear that's out there. Um, it's okay to acknowledge it and even be feeling it, not to judge yourself for that, but then to just say, okay, what can I turn my attention to? And just, you know, like Liz Gilbert, I don't know if you've read her book, Big Magic, but where she talks oh, yeah. about, you know, just like bringing fear along for the ride, like, okay, fear, you're getting in the car on the road trip, but you're not choosing the music and you're not picking the snacks and you're not like mapping out the course kind of a thing. So mm -hmm. I'm just like, I'm really trying to lean into that for myself of like, okay, it's there. Um, so that's a piece of it, just the fear management. And then I think it really is just about whatever things you can find that really lift you up and, and deepening into those practices and finding the space for them every day, you know, thing that makes you feel good and feel connected in whatever way that you want to feel connected to yourself and your family or your community mm -hmm. and just start there. Yeah. That is a beautiful way to wrap this up. Thank you for being on our show, Bonnie. I definitely know I want to follow up with the third podcast as we really dive more into plant medicine. Um, and if you're willing to share a lot more about that journey as well, because I think it's yeah. such an important area for um, people not to just understand what it is, but what it can look like as well mm -hmm. for them, because they're so, I hear the dialogue all the time. Um, in the community from, you know, everybody has their assumptions as to what it is and there's a mm -hmm. lot of judgment around mm -hmm. it. And I think it's, you know, we all need to collectively shape that conversation um, just the same way as the conversation was shaped, you know, 10 years ago around neuroplasticity, just the same as it was mm -hmm. shaped around the microbiome, just it was as it was shaped around anything. So um, that's definitely another area I'd love to dive into with you. Great. I'd love to talk about it. <laughs> Amazing. Uh, Thanks again. Yeah. For <laughs> oh, thank you for having me. It's so fun to chat about all this. And um, just thank you for the service that you're providing by offering all these perspectives to so many others to hear about ways to heal and ways to engage with themselves and different practices to try. It's really, it's really beautiful service to the world. Mm. So thank you for doing that too. Oh, thank you. Thank you. That is really lovely. Um, it's lovely to hear that because sometimes in a world where we, people often say, oh, there's so much content and there's so much information. And I just tend to look at, you know, what we're doing is, you know, it's a story we're telling and people can pick up the pieces that work for them and try them out and try it on for size. And if you get something out of it, then um, it's great. We've done our job. And so, you know, offering those different perspectives is really important in the world where there's lots of opportunity and lots of perspectives. But unfortunately, you know, we've been raised in these standardized compulsory school systems that say this is the way it has to be. And we're about mm -hmm. shifting that conversation to just let people know that there's lots of other different ways that we can heal out there beyond, you know, traditional surgery, medication, drugs, you know, and those are all wonderful things at the right time, just like you talked about earlier. Um, and, and we need them in the world, you know, hands down for sure. But do we need them a hundred percent of the time? 
And mm-hmm. I know the answer to that is no. You know the answer to that is no. Um, because, you know, just like in your own self-discovery, you've discovered that plants work, that food works, that yoga works, breathwork works. I mean, all of these different things. So yeah. that's what we're trying to do with our show. Yeah. yeah. Thank you for doing it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Thank you. And thanks for your time today. So welcome. Okay. Bye everyone. Thanks for being with us. Bye. And welcome back to the show. So how did you enjoy that interview with Bonnie Coberly? Do you want to pick up the phone right now and connect with her on her website, um, connect with her on the phone and through email and see how you can start working with her today? I encourage you to do so. And what I want you to do as well is if you do work with Bonnie, email us or call us and tell us what that experience was like so we can gather those stories and share them with other people as well. If you benefit from this in any way, again, please share this with other people. That is how you can be of service in this world. The world needs that more than ever today. More than ever, we need to be of service to others so that we in turn can be of service to ourselves. When we give we receive, and it is beautiful, that infinite circular um, reaction that takes place. With every action, there is a reaction, and we can't stop that from happening. So go out there and be of service, whether it's supporting a food bank, donating, um, whether it's sharing this podcast, working with Bonnie, teaching other people what you learned after working with Bonnie. Uh, Don't hold it in to just for yourself. Don't sink into that mentality. Well, this was good for me, but it's not really probably going to be good for anybody else. And let those other people be the judge of that. All you have to do is share, be of service. And that is how we come out of COVID. That is how we come out of anxiety and depression. That is how we come out of this insanity that we've created for ourselves in this world of isolated living, Um, not just in COVID, but even before COVID. We are humans that love to gather, even if you're an introvert and you are adamant that you don't like being with other people. I know from every introvert that I have ever had as a client, ever worked with, ever employed, ever been friends with, that they still need connection with others. Humans need that connection. We thrive on it. We survive from it. So, Go out there, connect with others, be of service, and stay tuned for next week's podcast, um, which is always going to be exciting and offer new information that you can use to support your health and well-being from now until longevity, wherever that means, whether it's 110 years that you live to, or whether it's 88 years to your, that you live to, or whether it's just living every moment of your life in optimal health, and that's mental health, spiritual health physical health, emotional health. We want you to be the best version of yourself. And the way you can do that is by learning and then implementing what you learn and then watching those results manifest in your life. Thanks for being with us. Bye for now. 